welcome to the More Than a Mommy podcast. I am your host, Nakia Hines, and I'm so excited to introduce this special season, a mini season dedicated specifically to Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm so excited and elated to share my personal journey with you as I've endured and thrived and survived through breast cancer as a survivor on the other side. So take a seat, do whatever you got to do, and let's go on this journey together. Let's go. Hey y'all, thank you so much again for tuning in to this super special season of the More Than a Mommy podcast. Um, It's the second to the last episode of this mini series. And if you have not caught up on episodes one through three, definitely pause here if you have time and go listen to those or you can listen to this one and then catch yourself up later whenever it works best for you. But um, I am Nakia. And I am a certified thriver, also certified G. (laughs) No, but really, I am a two-time cancer survivor. And the intention behind this season is to really bring awareness this month. I know we often see people wear pink or people post on social media and, you know, that's fine and dandy but I think if I was someone who was interested in learning about how to prevent breast cancer or how to support those who have lived through it or are currently lived through it that pink you know attire and the social media performances they don't really answer any questions it feels very performative sometimes so I hope that if you are someone who is walking through this or you know someone who is walking through this that these episodes help bring authentic and true awareness and um, you know information that feels comforting and that feels helpful something that I was thinking about in preparation for this episode was just the fact that um, I didn't discuss Like, you know how many people will talk about the risk factors or the um, symptoms that might lead to a breast cancer diagnosis. I know I mentioned briefly that like I had no symptoms. I did not have a lump. I did not. I just my mother is the one who really urged me and nudged me to go get my annual mammograms. And that was because um I'm a when I survived cancer from Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was a child, I had the radiation in my chest area. So because I had that radiation during puberty years, I had to go get mammograms sooner than most women do. And so I um, just to summarize a little bit, I was skipping it because of COVID. I wasn't trying to be in the hospital and doing like, you know, just what we call it like physical exams and um, preventative measures I wasn't trying to take that I felt fine breast cancer doesn't run in my family I felt like I was doing what I needed to do to not uh, have any issues because I was nursing especially and that's something that is proven for most women to decrease their chances of breast cancer so you know I just thought I was doing everything right and didn't need to go in but you know I'm happy I listened to my mother because thank God you know she saved my life and allowed the Lord to move um just by me listening to her but I do want to say 
that now looking back on it, especially working with my um, integrative medicine doctor, looking back on that time frame and just maybe the last, I'd say four or five years, to be honest, I definitely can identify um, that there were things in my life that caused us to get this deeply uh, dysregulated. So because, you know, cancer, well, you I shouldn't say, you know. What I know is that cancer is really like boil. It boils down to a dysregulation of cells and your immune system is just not able to keep up with that battle. And so that's when the cells form. But anyway, I won't get too technical. I just wanted to share for those of you who are like, well, you know, I'm 40 or I'm 45 or however old you might be. And it's time for you to get your mammograms and you're like, oh, I'm fine this is for you okay and this is for those people who are not yet at the time where they should be getting their mammograms but will be one day soon or soon enough so one thing that I identified for sure was the level of stress I was under I'm talking like intense both acute and prolonged stress and most of it like I would say 70% came from my job and I used to work in a very toxic environment. And if you are someone who knows me well, you already know exactly what I'm talking about because I'm sure we've had several conversations about it. Um, but I experienced a lot of stress, mainly because of racism and the passive aggression that I experienced from my coworkers and colleagues being a black leader in my workplace. Um, especially one who wasn't interested in, in in assimilating I guess so that's that's another episode for another day but what I'm saying is that it was just very intense stress that I was under and then we add COVID and the pandemic on top and the ish hit the fan basically so like my body was like crying out to me and there would be times in some meetings like virtually because I think really what it is and I'm not gonna name names but there was one person who got added to my staff who literally just like intensified the experience I'll say and this lady was just like even thinking about her my neck is getting stiff so we're not gonna spend too much time on old girl but I remember in one of my meetings like in January or so, maybe even before that, I don't know, but my chest would get so tight. And so me being nervous and like a low key hypochondriac, like, oh my gosh, I'm having a hard time breathing. Do you think I got like exposed to the virus? This is me talking to my husband. He's like, how? And you've been in the house because <laughs> we've been very, very serious, like following all the rules, right? And so I'm like, well, what is going on? Because why is my chest feeling like this? Why is it feeling like I'm hard, having a hard time breathing? And um, when the meetings would be over, like maybe seven to 10 minutes later, I would feel normal again. So after this happened multiple times, I finally realized through research that I was basically having like panic attacks or even anxiety attacks, especially because those symptoms would subside once like that trigger was gone right so I was doing all of my breathing I was meditating beforehand I was doing all the work um that I knew would be helpful in like kind of calming those feelings down and calming like what I hoped would be calming down like those panic attacks but it's often said 
that you cannot heal in the same environment that you got sick in. And so that was what I was trying to do. Like sometimes you can do all the self-care that you want to do, but if you don't remove yourself from the situation, that self-care is basically counterproductive. Like it will work when you're not in the situation, but when you are in that situation, it's just, if it's as intense as what I experienced, like there's not much you can do besides remove yourself. Like if, and that's a word, I don't know who needs to hear it, but you know, this really wasn't even what I planned to talk about. So I'm going to take that nudge from the Holy Spirit and just reiterate that if you are doing everything that you can do, you have prayed, you have fasted, you are journaling, you are having a morning routine, you are hydrating, you are eating all your greens, you are exercising, you are really, really taking care of yourself and still can't figure out why this thing won't change. You need to examine where you are and you need to examine who is in your life or what is in your life that is pulling so deeply from your energy that you can't stay regulated, that your nervous system is so inflamed that none of your self-care techniques are helping that's some free game for you but anyway so I noticed that was happening and like she was like the most intense one that I had dealt with but over the years like it was just it was just literally such a a battle and while I can say that that job prepared me for what I'm doing now like I don't even know if I would do it all over again like the kids I worked with were wonderful I had some co-workers who were cool but I really don't know because it was just very 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 unhealthy um and then like I remember after having a panic attack um like my body did like this crazy woman with the issue of blood thing so like I had a this is TMI but periods are normal in their way of life so if you think this is squeamish I'm sorry maybe fast forward I don't know what to tell you but um like you know your cycle is normally well my cycle is normally five days like you know no more than five days when I tell you we were on like day 15 or 16 with no end in sight like it was that actually had me more freaked out than anything else and this was happening like um like so I received the diagnosis on February 1st I, I was still experiencing that like fountain of blood situation. And when I went to go get my pre-op physical, um, I went to an OBGYN to address that too. And she asked me like, have you been under stress? And like, I think I'm, as soon as she asked me that I started crying <laughs> because I had assumed, I thought it might've been stress, but I'm like, my body has never done this before. And this is not my first time feeling stressed, but it was just basically my body's alarm trying to ring and sound and like tell me like alert alert we have an emergency here um and that emergency was definitely those um cancer cells another thing that i noticed was like my diet especially with having my little one like because of the stress i didn't i would have like my favorite tricks like treats like uh this granola is like peanut butter and dark chocolate granola from target which is probably fine in small doses every once in a while but like i was going like uh what do they call it emotional eating with that thing like i would have like a bag a week like i would eat it like cereal and it would just be like oh i'm stressed i need my granola um i wasn't much of a wine drinker but um wine is something else alcohol itself is something else that is a risk factor and can like um increase your risk factors if you are if your body is like a body that 
is in dysregulation, basically. Um, so those were things that I noticed. So if you are someone who's like, oh, I don't have a lump, think about your stress levels. Think about how you're eating. Are you getting too much sugar? Because sugar feeds cancer. Are you getting enough sleep? Because sleep is what allows our bodies to heal and be restored from the day's activities. Think about all those things. Exercise is so important. Not being overweight is so important. And so when I think back or when I thought back over that, I'm like, okay, I may not have had a lump, but I definitely had signs that I just was not paying attention to. Um, shout out to my integrative medicine doctor, Dr. Q. I love you so much. <laughs> uh, she has just been so integral in helping me understand the holistic view of wellness, even down still to a molecular level. But she helps me understand how everything that we do, every part of our body is connected to the really to the environments we choose and the actions we choose. Okay, but anyway, so that was my caveat. What I wanted to talk to you about today and to highlight that today I was the village because I did not share too much about the village in the previous episodes and my village was definitely like top I don't know two in my survival kit and I kind of identified that immediately like when I got the phone call sharing the news from the um breast surgeon I think I was like, you know what, we can go through this alone, like me and my husband and my daughter, or we could understand that there is a reason for a village. And so I'm so happy I chose that second option. And so I did share in previous episodes that I um, had a caring bridge that I shared with some people, like, because it would just been too stressful and difficult to try to like text people individual updates during that time in my life. Like I had to focus so deeply on like healing and having my mindset right and like allowing my body to like, you know, understand that we were believing fully in faith. Um, so, you know, it was super wonderful that people like friends and sorors and family members sent me like, you know, just sometimes like care packages or a lot of people sent me like gift cards to DoorDash. And if you are someone who is like, I don't know what to get this person, but I really want to show up for them and help meet a need. I'm here to tell you that food will always be the answer. All you have to do is say, are there any food restrictions or like aversions you have? They will answer that question. And then you just bless them with food. Send them a gift card. Think about getting a, a meal like, you know, delivered to their home. Listen. Don't be the person that says, hey, let me know what you need. And then like think that that's checking off the box. Be the person who actually asks that question and then shows up if you if that's what you are intending to do. Because nobody, and I'm just speaking from my own assumptions, but nobody finds it flattering for a person to say, hey, let me know what you need. And then that's it. Like it feels very inauthentic. Um, so there's just a, a little gym for you there so yeah like my some of my family members got together and sent me a care package of things that I need I think my sister got me a robe um like our Minnesota parents that we call them like we adopted some people from our church as our as our baby's grandparents that live here um they 
sent me like the breast pillow so someone else sent me a breast pillow my big sis tiffany like and tiffany was someone who like was so she she just is such a wonderful person she came over with her mask on and like babysat my baby while my husband and i went to appointments um i have a sorority sorority jewelry who is actually one of tiffany's best friends and she is a survivor and i just remember we had met like maybe a year prior and of course not neither of us knowing that this that was where this journey was leading us to but i remember she uh told me i could call her and i absolutely called her because i was just like what is happening i have no idea what is happening this was very early in the journey too and so like i wanted to hear from someone who had made it through and who was thriving because my intent even before this was that I wanted to thrive this year and of course <laughs> I got hit with like the biggest challenge of all to see like if I really was gonna thrive I'm guessing but you know she really allowed me to share my heart to share like how deeply hurt I felt how I felt like you know I was questioning my own faith and the power of my faith because I didn't understand why this happened to me and you know, just, I was completely raw and transparent and you could tell like her heart was just hurting to hear me say say those things. But then she, she made space for that and she just helped me understand like, you're not being punished. Everything is not being sent by God, you know? And I remembered the word and how like, you know, he is not sending everything, but he'll, he'll, he might allow some stuff. And even if he allows it, he will walk right along with us, right? And then she gave me some practical tips. She told me uh, to listen to, I believe her name is Gloria Copeland. And it's so funny because everything feels like a blur. But if I was talking about these things close to the time, I would have way more specific details. <laughs> um, but I would listen to these sermons. And at first I was like, what? And then, but I knew that like if Jory told me to do it, it was something that made sense and that it was gonna bless my life and be beneficial. And so I would listen to Gloria. She told me to listen to her even when I slept so that my body and my subconscious could listen to it and, and receive it. And basically, it was so powerful. Gloria was really just talking about how we already have healing, but we have to, like, Jory kind of gave the example of reaching up and getting it. But, like, it, that season, oh, so deeply built my faith back up because I, rem I was reminded of the God that I serve. And like this diagnosis was not my God. This diagnosis was like a mountain, but he's so much bigger than any mountain that could ever surface in our lives. And you know, like just moments like that, like Tiffany my, that I referenced as like my big sis and my friend Shannon, they also sent me this sermon from Michael Todd. And if you're familiar with him at Transformation Church, he was talking about like being in the deep. And I just felt like, after I finally listened to it, it was like it was like he almost knew exactly what I was going through. That's how specific it felt. And it just like it brought the gangster back out of me. Like I was out here like a wounded warrior for real, like out here just lost tail behind my legs and all the things. But that really like built me back up. I remember like my line sister, she her cousin actually is a survivor and so I would start asking her questions like for her cousin to answer and then like we would just be talking or texting like every day 
and she like I could cry just thinking about it and in gratitude but she really like was and is a sister to me in a way that like I needed I I had nothing yeah I'm getting teary out if you can't tell I'm gonna thug it out though but I had really nothing to offer like I am so I have been so conditioned to believe that in order to receive or have rewarding relationships or successful relationships that you know they they need to be reciprocal at all times and I have to always offer something um like as a result of someone offering me something if that makes sense like if someone gives me something it feels like I need to return that favor right but I was in this deep 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 deeply dark place trying to come out of it and so I really didn't have much to give I didn't have much motivation I didn't have that you know spark that I'm usually able to help light other people on fire with and you know she just continued to pour into me in a way that showed me like wow this is so transformative in the way that I view life like that's why I always say I know it sounds crazy but this has actually been something that has turned into a huge blessing for me because it's given me a new opportunity to like live differently and to live on purpose and to live deeply and authentically and to just really be out here living and you know I'm a friend group chat they were definitely there for me every step of the way like I had other friends who would like check in or who would just send me cards my stepmom sent me like these I think my husband I don't know I don't even know how these things happen I think my husband made this connection or something but somebody told my stepmom that like sending handwritten letters would be something that I would appreciate and so she was sending them to me and like I still have all of them I'm gonna keep them forever because like I am just so touched by like how thoughtful they were and just how people have so much space in their hearts for me you know and so as much as I hate the spotlight I really just had to understand that people oh my gosh I thought about my friend Sarah that lives here so many of the people in my village actually do not even live in the same state as me right so they were showing up for me <laughs> from all different types of the uh, places in the country but like my friend Sarah she was just kind of like getting on me Cause you know again I had that syndrome where I was like well I need to give you something no please don't give me stuff and she was like Nakia when you don't allow people to bless you that takes away from like them being able to pour into you we feel grateful to be able to have this honor to step alongside you and walk alongside you and to serve you in this way so you have to be able to be a good recipient of this because it also blesses us when you allow us to bless you and when she said that girl the chains broke okay <laughs> I was like you know what let me try this out and then receive exactly what you said thank you for reading me Sarah because I needed that um and so like my mom came I think she came and stayed with us for like 10 days and we were totally sad when she had to leave but it was just like so 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 helpful um even like after my mastectomy and I was in the recovery room it was just so like wonderful to see her in the room and like she's a nurse so she was like I just knew I didn't have anything to worry about because she was gonna handle it and she helped me like literally nurse me back because that I 
have this big old drain in my side, which, yeah, that's something that is a big deal for a person who has a mastectomy. I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with lumpectomies because I didn't have that. That wasn't my walk. But I'm assuming you might have a drain to make sure all the fluid is not, like, staying in your body. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I had this big beeping machine around my chest. It was just a lot. It was a lot. But I felt so covered. And I, like, looked back at the pictures I took at that time. And I just think, oh, my goodness. Sometimes I have to just pause and remember that this is not, quote, unquote, normal. Like, this is truly a modern-day miracle. The fact that I am able to have this conversation in retrospect and it's the same year is a big deal. And it's all really obviously attributed to God and his favor and his grace and his mercy and his healing power. Thank Jesus. And it's also attributed to my village. And of course, last but not least, my husband and my daughter, who were literally the light of my life. And I knew that, like survival and thriving was necessary because like the pandemic had already disrupted so much in our lives and I just I really needed my baby to feel happy and to feel untraumatized and so that was another motivator that I had to be well but I just say all this to say and to uh, of course express gratitude but also to let you know like if you're someone who is going through this you need a village like this is not a suggestion this is not a maybe this is true this is a fact you absolutely need a village it doesn't matter like if it's the people that you thought would show up the people who are showing up are exactly who are appointed to you for that time lean into them allow them to bless you allow them to serve you because you are blessing them by allowing that but you absolutely do not have to go through this alone you will not go through this alone but you will get through this even if it's like your neighbor or one of your parents or one of your friends like make sure you have someone who is there to love on you and to make sure you're good if you feel like you're alone pray Pray that God will send the right people at the right time and that you will always have more than you need. And I'm telling you, as like a person who leaned heavily on prayer, he will do exactly that thing because he loves you and he cares for you. And he is so deeply invested in our well-being. And that's something else that I learned through this whole journey. So as we wrap up. I just want to say thank you so much to all of my family, my friends, and my village. Thank you so much for being such important and critical parts of my healing journey. I could not have done this without you. Thank you for everything that you've given me. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your gifts. May God bless you so tremendously because of the way you have blessed me. I hope that you understand that my win is also your win because we won this thing and we got the victory together. Thank you so much for everything. I really mean that. And if you are someone who is going through this, I hope you are encouraged and that you will give your testimony soon because God is in the business of healing us and making sure we receive that healing if we believe it and we want to receive it. It's possible and it's available to you. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you later. Okay, bye. Thank you.